All righty, and welcome back to another episode of You Wouldn't Get It. We got a great episode today. Um, I'll just go ahead and dish it off to Barzi right away. Barzi, give us a little intro here and uh, introduce a very special guest we got on today. Yeah, so as Easton said, we do have a very special guest on today, my good buddy Nasser Halim. He's on, and you know, we've in the past we've we've been all over the place in regards to different kinds of topics, whether it be on the serious end of things, politics, sports, you name it. Um, but I have no problem saying at all that today will be hands down our most important episode yet, and it's going to be. It's going to be a crucial one, so I think everyone should stick around and give it a listen all the way through. So, Nasser, go ahead and introduce yourself and say whatever you got to say. Yeah. Um, so, hey guys, um, thank you for having me. Uh, yeah, it's like I feel like it's like it's definitely it feels weird now um, to think about this and like you know, and I was like thinking about like. You know, I reached out to Christian here because, like, I felt like the story is, like, just, it's important, and it kind of reaches beyond, like, whatever bubble, Neighborville bubble, like, to, to, to just, like, all, just all over. Um, so, just a little bit about myself, like, um, and how, how I know, like, how I know Christian. So, I'm a, just, so I graduated from Northwestern university back in june like i'm class of 2020 along with everyone else um also from naperville me and christian we met each other in um high school uh and like we were doing i think like the big thing that we did together is that we had a journalism class together where oh yeah yeah (laughs) and like we filmed uh yeah i mean we goofed off a bunch but it was like it's like great absolutely great time um so anyway so you know so that's that's where we met each other and like since then we've been like pretty consistent friends and um yeah and so just going into my background uh so i have three older brothers um one is 10 years older one is six years older and one is three years older uh the one who's three years older his name is Armand. And, uh, um, growing up, me and him were just so close, uh, and, and it's, it's like hard for me to, to kind of describe that, that, that bond that we had, like me and him, we did everything together. And right now, like, it's, it's hard to like think back in time of like, conversations that we had with each other because like so many of them like it's like it was just like so typical like throughout my day that I um you know it's just it's hard to like parse out what I said what he said that kind of thing anyway um so growing up uh Armand he uh to to just tell you guys a little bit about my brother explain a little bit about him like he was he is like my like just role model like he 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 always gave as much as he could to other people and you know just he always had that nature of just trying to help others no matter what um and that was not like wasted on me either like he always protected me he always did whatever he could for me um and yeah and i like i loved him he loved me we just we had a, we were just great together um Growing up, I knew, I knew that Armand was going through an internal struggle that I don't think, like many of us don't go through. Um, he had this voice, these voices of like self doubt, um, self loathing. I want to say that whenever he did, whenever he did good on something, and like mind you, like my brother, very successful. Like he, he. Um, he he was like really smart he was really diligent um he like in high school he played football and like the way that he approached working out and 
practicing is like a lot of things that I carried on of just like being always like outworking the person next to you and like and then and then that translated into schoolwork as well like no matter like not none of me and my brothers are like the, the smartest person in the room but like we all just have this like diligent mentality and he he definitely taught me that um but again like I said like through all of his successes it's like he all of his successes kind of got in his mind they they got passed over like he just he didn't find that much of joy in them and all his everything that challenged him was like the thing that came to the forefront it was like really difficult like always like I, like I couldn't I couldn't understand it like you know like for me like I, I'm just kind of like if I'm to succeed at something then like I latch onto it and I'm like oh you know great whatever like I guess just like any of us do and when I fail at something you know it's just like you know turn the page and like let's keep on going um just wasn't that way for him and in college uh he just he kept on driving himself it was that same way like he you know he just kept on setting the bar higher and higher like trying to succeed more and more thinking like at some point like that success would it would eventually translate into joy finally but it never did and um in his senior year of college like this is when i really this is when he would talk to me and he would say um, just how he was like very tired and very just drained uh, after. So I'll also preface my three older brothers are all doctors. And um, he, so after he took the MCAT, um, he just felt really drained, like couldn't really explain it, couldn't put a finger on it. It just didn't make any sense to him. Um, and then, and and then he went to medical school. He did like get into medical school. He went to um, he went to MCW Medical College of Wisconsin uh, for a college. He had gone to U of I. He'd been with all of his friends. Um, was in was in Fiji, which is like a uh, pretty Naperville North heavy like fraternity. So he was always around friends and um, just yeah. And it was like. He, like he loved it there and for the first time he went to a place where he didn't know anybody like he had to he was just out of his comfort zone um and from the very beginning like it was clear to like me and my family it was clear to me especially that he was going through a struggle that had been like unknown to us he was um like he he would talk about other like oh you know like these other people like they always like like at mcw like they try and you know they're they're always looking out for their own good they're always you know doing this and that it was like very odd things that like we weren't used to him saying because again like he was like a very outgoing social guy throughout his entire time in college never a bad word about anybody but this was the first time where he was just like oh you know like i'm not I'm not used to this like people like they're just out to get you sometimes and for us, like, it didn't really make sense for us or our family because we're just, like, we're so used to him being very successful. So, but every single time, like, every single test where it was, like, you know, you, you do this test, you succeed on this test, or you potentially drop out of medical school, you, like, keep on getting it. But those problems, like, kept on coming up. And it just it didn't really add up, like, what was happening. Uh, and I guess my calls with him during this, you know, 40-year period, we'd call pretty much every week, every two weeks, something like that, just whatever, just to check up. And I, things like very much like started to change in his tone of voice is how he thought about the future. He would just be like, oh, you know, like, you know, I just don't know, like, I don't have the scores. Like, I don't think I'm going to do this well, like, whatever. Um, Just this, this whole thing. And, um, but like as time went on, like he he did the way that he ended up being success- successful was just by throwing himself into his work, just like really going at it. Um, and 
and again, as time went on, like his grades, like really jumped up. They like things were like really turning around for him there. But when you talk to him, it didn't sound like that. He would just be like, oh, you know, like, you know, I'm thinking about the future. And I'm like, I don't think that there's anything for me. Like, you know, I don't know what's going on. Like, I, you know, I, and again, like everyone around me, like they're out to get me. Like, I feel like I'm under pressure, under attack all the time. And like, again, like so difficult for us to comprehend, for me to comprehend too. And I think it was at a point a year and a half ago to about a year ago, he, I got on the phone with him and this was the first time that he, he said to me like, Hey, like, you know, like I'm going into the hospital and like people are, you know, I feel like everyone is legitimately out to get me like nurses, doctors, just random people on the street. And we were like, and I, like, I like froze in that moment where I was like, okay, this is completely different than everything I've heard before. Like, this is legitimately something that I don't really understand what I'm hearing. And I was like, Armand, like, please, like, go see therapy, go get help from the school, like, go talk to a counselor, like, something, like, this doesn't sound normal. And it may help you, like, deal with any school problems that you have, because they, like, help you balance these two. You're obviously working very hard. And he, like... I don't know. He, he sort of embraced it and didn't really embrace it. Um, I think he wanted to talk to a counselor, but it just, I don't know. It just like didn't click for him. They weren't telling him the things that he wanted to hear. And, and then from there, things like really deteriorated, not in his quality of work, mind you, he was doing fantastic at school. Like there like he was in contact with like residency programs and like my, I have a lot of family who are in charge of these programs and they said like, he's going to be great. Like he's going to be a great physician, all of these things. Um, but again, in these conversations, these two things just didn't match up his, the way that he talked about the future, the way that, and then the, like his success with that. Um, and finally, when it became very noticeable to me about what I, I guess like what brought everything down to like like came everything came like crashing down for me was about six months ago like when we went into quarantine um and I had to like give you guys this whole backstory like the whole fill you in on everything behind Armand to like kind of lead up to this when we were in quarantine together like I don't really know how to explain like the just the just exactly how alarmed I was from the first day that I spent with him because he would like he would come into the kitchen he would you know just kind of like start bringing up things from like way back in our past and being like, do you remember when this thing happened? Armand, like I I was there, like that like that didn't happen. You know, I I don't really understand. I don't again I don't get this. And every night um me and him, we would like go downstairs, he would watch me play video games and he would just kind of open up about the things that were going on in his head. And I again like like he would say he would bring up things in the past and the feelings that he had right now. And I was like, dude, like I was there, like, I, I'm just so confused. Like what, like what is going on? Like pe these people didn't wrong you. These people in our family, like didn't wrong you. These people on the, you know, your friends, I don't think that they did. I wasn't there, but like, I don't think this happened. Just never wanted to hear it. Now to tell him like, I'm like, please, like, again, please go get help. And like the rest of my family, it was the same thing. And then in the like, again, every single night, every single night for 30 days, it was, it was this conversation where it was like his mind was like shell-shocked or something. It's like he, he would like look off into the distance. Like when you would talk to him, he would just 
trying to like bring these things up and it was just so odd and when we were around other people like he would just switch back normal self nothing just no different than what he used to be and then at the end of that at the end of that month so at the end of april i believe um me and him we uh so we're in the basement and this was the one of the only times he gave me an actual like glimpse into everything that was going on and he was like hey like there are these like things like going on it's like he couldn't find the words he was uh, he was like there are these things going on in my mind like i just i can't explain them i can't put my finger on it and i just feel like in the past like i was you know i wish that after i got my mcat i'd taken a year off like but i tired you know i i don't i don't know and he would say like dude i don't and this is is what like really got to me he was like i don't think that i have a future and his like voice cracked he was like really like distraught and i was like armand like i don't like i don't like again like what are you saying like you're gonna be a doctor you're gonna be like you're fine like everything is fine um like, you have a family that supports you. You have a family that loves you. You have friends that love you. Like, you have a whole system, whole community behind you. Um, and just, like, didn't get through it. And I asked him, like, kind of, like, figuratively. And I was, like, I was, like, Amar, like, what would happen? I guess I just want to know because, like, I'm curious, like, what would happen, like, if these things didn't go right? Like, you didn't become a doctor. What would happen? He just, like, kind of, like, laughed to himself. And he was, like, like, it was a joke that he had with himself. And he was like, oh, like, I don't think you guys, like, want to know that. Like, you wouldn't like the answer to that. And, I mean, I, I, I knew what he was saying. Like, I, I knew what he was getting at. And, because, like, I know him. And I was like, I got mad. And I was like, no. Like, you, that's not the answer. Like, you, all of us support you. All of us love you. Like, we love you so much. Like, but, you know, whatever. And so so then he went home back to Milwaukee um, after that month. And I was about, like, I, again, just, there was, like, it was, like, what could you say? What could you do? And, like, he had, he had called me and he had been, like, you know, hey, like, you know, I just want to let you know, like, I want to thank you. Like, you did a lot for me like, over this time, like, you don't even know, like, all the times you were there for me, and again, like, these things were, like, kind of, like, alarm bells going off in my head, but I will say, like, during this process, like, I, still in the middle, I think at this point, I'm still in the middle of school, like, job hunting pretty hard, and I had had these conversations with Arwen. At the start of May, he um, called my mom and said that he was thinking about killing himself, and my mom like immediately like flipped out and like went up there, brought him back home. And it's like as soon as um, she like brought him home immediately, but then as soon as he she brought him home, like he then got mad at her and was like, was like you know you don't care about me, like you don't like you've never cared about me, like all all of these things that just objectively aren't true, like just. They're just not like I, I've I've grown up with Armand. Like these things just didn't. They didn't. They weren't true. And um, it was. And 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 then at some point, like he, it's like his mind reverted just back to normal. Where like he just he was like pushing my parents away as much as he could, and was like, no, I'm fine. Like you know, leave me alone. Like yeah, I'll go get. I'll go seek therapy. I'll go get help right now. And he would talk to, he'd talk to these therapists, he'd talk to these psychiatrists, spin some, he would basically give them like a 45 minute elevator pitch about everything that he was going, you know, just about his goals, what he was going, what he was going to do to like stay healthy, to stay mentally healthy. And never, he never like went to the same therapist or psychiatrist twice. He would just, he just refused to do it. And every time 
they he wouldn't give them enough information to like really figure out what was going on with it. And again, for the rest of our for the rest of our family, like, and he had told the rest of our family, like, none of you, like, if any of you try and like mess up my career, like that, you know, that's it. You know, that's that's whatever. Like, do not talk to anyone about what you think I'm going through. And so we're all like the rest of our family is like essentially just put in a straitjacket. We're like, all we could do was be like, hey, like, what what do we you know, like all we can do is wait for him to have another cry for help and then we can maybe get him to a medical fist, you know, maybe get him like medicine, maybe get him some some kind of help. Um, and again, like I, and I might be, I might be skipping or, and, uh, and then after that, so after May, I mean, things just went, it was, it was rough. I, it was really bad. He would come home. It's just like with like a rage that I've never seen before that I couldn't even like comprehend to that point he would like come into the kitchen yell at my parents um say some I'm say some like really horrible things to them like about like our you know my family's like not perfect but my parents aren't perfect but he would just dig in at them and just like these like terrible things and sometimes like I would there are times like I would just try and get in the middle of it and just be like, Armand, like you're one time he did this, like as he was leaving and he just like in the process of leaving and Armand, I was like, Armand, if you're going to leave, just leave. Like, I don't know why we're like, we need to have this argument in front of like a therapist, a counselor, somebody like this just doesn't serve any purpose, but it was, I don't know. It was just this ridiculous rage. And then I, I even got like all three of my brothers, I got all of them on the phone together and like we all like me and my two older brothers, Azam and Mirage, like we like jointly like wanted to come together and do an in intervention and just be like, Hey, like these things are real. Like you need to get help. Didn't want to hear any of it. Um, and I mean, it, it just got to the point where like I would come into, I would come into the room where he was studying. He wouldn't even be, he wouldn't even be like reading a book studying or anything he'd just be like looking off into the distance just like like this just like a thousand yard stare in his face and he would then he would come downstairs and just be like i was just up there like so angry like at mom and every time he came home i was terrified like i became terrified of my own brother and finally um, so October 23rd was a Friday, uh, Armand came home and unannounced, he'd been doing this for a couple of weeks. It, it had been like a similar theme where he just came home, yelled at my parents, got in his car, went back to Milwaukee. This time he came home, started doing that. I came upstairs, like I was in the basement studying. He started yelling at my parents again. Um, came upstairs, heard him. And at that point, so October 23rd, uh, so, uh, so at that point, my oldest brother had walked in because he was visiting from Michigan. My oldest brother, who has a three-and-a-half-year-old daughter. And I, like, immediately went outside, and I was like, you need to keep her out here because she can't see Armand when he's like this. Like, she cannot see him and be scared of him right now. And, and, and then he like kind of cooled off, but for the rest of that night, he was just agitated. And I was like, and we had, we, me and him got into like a brief, very brief like argument, but like, um, I, I was like, I'm like, let's just go to our uncle's house. Like, you know, like, Let's just, clearly you can't be in the, like, in my head, I was like, clearly can't be in this environment. You can't be around the rest of my family without him, like, just going off like a volcano. And so, like, we went to my uncle's house. They live, like, 10 minutes away from us. Um, he 
we were just hanging out there with my cousins. Like he was having a good time. And just like this 180 degree flip, like just this switch, just not the same person. And yeah. And like, we were there, like we hung out there until like 10 PM came back home. Me and him were just hanging out in our basement, just playing video games together. Finally, like he went to sleep and, and then the next and like, uh, but again, I couldn't sleep that night. My oldest brother couldn't sleep that night. Both of us knew that something was wrong. And we couldn't put our fingers on it. We couldn't figure it out. And it just, it didn't like, it just didn't like add up to us like what was happening. And October 24th, Saturday. So that's my birthday. Um, so we so we get up in the morning, and I'm um, so we get up, and I'm eating breakfast, and my so I'm eating breakfast, and I hear Armand playing with my niece just for like thirty minutes, something, and sounds happier than I've ever heard him be, and I was in my head, I was like, maybe this is what he needed, like. He needed to be, he needed to see like the good things in life again. He needed to just be in this environment, all that. And me and me, my oldest brother, his family, and then my parents, we had a plan that we were going to go to an apple orchard for the day, um, which was about an hour away. And I asked Armand, like, if you want to come with us. And he was like, no, like, I don't think I'm going to come this time. I was like, all right, like, that's, that's fine. Like, we'll be back at four. Um, you know, you can go hang out with my, you go hang out with our cousins. Like they're going to be off of work at two, like whatever. And honestly, I'll tell you guys, like, I was relieved. Like I was relieved in that moment because I, I, I was like, I just want to have like an experience with my family. That's uncomplicated that, I'm not always on edge trying to like diffuse a bomb all the time. And so I was happy that I was relieved that he didn't come with us. And I was like, whatever. So me and my family were at this, me and my oldest brother and my parents were at this apple orchard. We were there, we get there maybe at 11 and we're like hanging out there for a couple hours. And at 2 p.m., my brother sends us a text. In that moment, I, like, I just, I, it felt like, it felt like some, somebody ripped something out of me. I was, uh, and because we were an hour away from home. And he knew that we're an hour away from home. And I, I was like, how, like, how could you do this? How could you trick us? How could, and in my heart of hearts, I thought that he was that at the very least that he was going to call me before he was going to do something like that, like me. And I still, I still hold on to that right now because it still hurts so much that he didn't call me in that. Anyway, me and my family, we drive home as fast as we can. We call my aunt and my uncle, and we tell them to go to the house and go check on him. And there, so my aunt gets there first, and I'm on the phone with her. And she goes, she, and I'm on the phone with her, and she goes room to room. And... She says hello, like she says salam every time she goes into each one of the rooms, which means peace, which means like hello, like for us. She goes in my oldest brother's room, says salam, nobody there. Goes in my other brother's room, says salam, nobody there. She goes into the third room, which was Armand's room. And I heard in her voice and she was like, oh my God, Armand, like, oh my God, like, like, oh my God. Like, what do I do? And in that moment, I, I, I was in the car with my mom and dad. 
And as soon as, as soon as they saw my reaction to what I had just heard, like we all knew that he was gone. Like I, I tell this story because I share Armand's story because like I, for me, it helps me to process it a little more to just understand a little more of what was happening with them, um, of how we got to this point. And I think that it's, it, it, it's like it's important to remember it's important to understand that when it comes to mental health like there's you just can't under like you don't you don't you can't for someone that's of a healthy mind and like healthy whatever you can't understand what's happening in someone's mind who's like in pain that that torture that people go through is incomprehensible what i what happened to armand in the last six months of his life was a torture that i can't even it, it's in again incomprehensible to me at some point i lost i saw him lose like his ability to feel joy and optimism and when I think about that, I, I don't really know how anyone can, can even function on a day-to-day basis. And it didn't matter how successful that he was. It just, it just didn't. Okay. For him, he thought he could power through that without getting help, without whatever. Um, and... And you just can't. Like mental health is not something that you can power through. It's not something that you can shoulder. It will catch up to you. And I and I think the thing that one of the things that kills me now, and I like I, I want you guys to understand, like this this destroyed me. Like nothing else ever could. Um and the thing that gets me is that the, those voices of self-doubt, self-loathing, it was obvious that they had become so strong and pronounced in his mind that they were literally commanding his actions. So I think he knew exactly what he had. But what stopped him from getting help was the fear of what would happen if he did get help. At that point, I he thought that if he got help and was actually diagnosed with a mental health disorder, he would not be able to get his medical license, something that was paramount, paramount importance to him. And then at the same time, he knew that if he didn't get help, odds are this thing would kill him anyway. And so he was banking on that 0.00001% chance that maybe he would be able to get through this, just power through it. So when I, so when I revisit those conversations in my mind, when he said like, you know, I don't think I'm going to make it. I don't think I'm going to, you know, I think, I just don't think like it's going to work out for me. He wasn't telling me that like, he wasn't going to become a doctor. He was telling me that he was, that he was legitimately like going to die. And the amount of the amount of loneliness. I, I think about his last moments a lot. How lonely he felt. How trapped he felt. And to have those voices in his head just ripping into him and stealing everything from him. I mean, I... Again, I can't, I love my brother. I love him so much to think about that amount of pain that he went through at the very end. 
just un I mean it's just it's ungodly. It's 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 impossible to like really wrap your head around. Um so yeah, so you know, moving forward like from his from his like from his legacy, like I think what we want to do, what I want to do, what my family wants to do is like we want we want people to understand that like they're not alone in their struggle. Like that this can ha this happens and that the answer is never to say, you know what, like I you know, on one hand I can risk my career, my professional success, my education. On the other hand, like I will protect my mental health. The answer always needs to be to protect your mental health because it's just the most important thing. Like life is the most important thing. And um, I, you know, I, I, and so people, people have like, people have reached out to us and said like, like we, we understand, like we, I, we didn't think that other people thought the same things. Like we didn't think this could, like we thought we were the only one going through the struggle. So the reason that my family's open about this, about like what he went through is that we want people to know that like they need to get help. And I, I've said this before, I've like made a post about this, but like what I'll say again is like, it doesn't matter how many therapists, how many psychiatrists like you need to see. It doesn't matter how many medicines you need to go on. You just got to keep going until you find what works. You know, my brother never, he tried medicine. We go try to go on medicine like one time, didn't like how it felt, never took it again. Saw a therapist a couple times, felt like they didn't have the answers for him, never saw them again. And that's, and this is what happened to him. And I mean, I, and so, and so that's, that, that's really just the crux of it. And for other people who are watching, like your loved ones go through this, you just got to plant yourselves in there and just be like, Hey, like, if you get tired of doing this, well, then I'm going to support you and we're going to keep on going. You know, I wish more than any, I find myself wishing more than anything that I could have gone back in time and just been like, just gone into Armand's room and not moved and said, you're getting help. Like, no matter what, you're getting help. But I can't, you know, it's over. It's done. Like, he's gone. And there's no, there's no bringing him back. But for so many other people out there, like, that opportunity is there. So, again, what I say, what I ask is, like, just, just like, do everything in your power to support those around you with mental health um, struggles. Educate yourself about them. And for anyone who is going through them, like, understand you're not alone. And that, like, seeking help is, like, just so important. Um, Kind of like I thank you guys so much. I think they like thank you so much for like letting me talk through this with you guys. Um, but yeah, so I mean, you know, I'll leave it there. The strength that you and your family have displayed throughout this whole thing—it's—it's it's really admirable because there's. There's a lot of different ways that this could go. And you guys are taking a horrible, horrible thing and making the absolute best of it. And like you said, the lives that could be saved from this, if there are just a couple people, if there's just one person that listens to this podcast and this can change, maybe they're dealing with these struggles and this can change their outlook on some things, yeah. then we did our job. and. I know you guys have set up a uh, a campaign, a fundraiser called Movember. Can you expand on that a little bit? Yeah, so it's actually um, oh god, I wish I had. Uh, so just to expand on it, so Movember, it's like a um, it's movement foundation. Um, basically, the the focus is focusing on like men's like health in general. That like this goes from like. It ranges from like sexual health, physical health, mental health, just generally like men's health. 
Um, I do need and Armand's friends, um, which there were there are many who they, so they set up this they set up this November team. I think it was like Armand's handlebar mustache was the name of the team. Um, yeah. And um, so that's the name of their team. And like they're trying to raise money you know, for that purpose. Um, moving forward, I think my own family, what we're going to do is like we're looking into whether or not we want to start a start our own foundation yeah. um, or community program fund something like that to help like those in the community um which i will definitely keep you updated on um we're just like putting in the foundation putting in the groundwork for that right now um yeah well one thing i do want to add and again thank you so much for coming on and sharing this message because one important takeaway from me listening to your story that i think a lot of people don't realize all the time is um, you know, this can happen to, to anyone. A lot of times you see it glorified in, you know, the celebrity world or, you know, everyone paints their picture of, of the person they see battling mental health. But like you talk about with your brother, I mean, you know, he was in medical school. He was extremely successful, um, had a lot of friends. This can, this can genuinely happen to anyone. And so as Christian said, for you guys to, to turn this around and, make the focus very specific and try to really tackle this problem um, in, a, in an untraditional way that maybe people don't think about all the time is, is very cool to me. And, and I will be the first to say, you know, yeah. I just met you 50 minutes ago, but I yeah. am more than happy to contribute in any way that I can. Yeah. And, you know, again, for you to come on and talk about this just speaks a lot about you as a person. And, and I really appreciate it, honestly. It was it was great for me to just sit down and listen and and for you to talk me through that. So thank you so much. I'll say to add more color to like the whole the whole situation is like I think like you said, like it can happen to anyone. And what I'll also say is that sometimes like you see the signs of a thing and it just doesn't it just you just don't it doesn't register for what it is because you can't really think that it will, that, that it, like, it's going to sound vague, but you just, you don't think that that's what it is. And I'll say like a very specific example is that towards the end, within the last month of Armand's life, like he told me, um, Hey, like on my last like rotation, um, medical school I worked 17 days straight and then the hospital staff when they found out like they sent me home obviously there were alarm bells going off in my head obviously because I knew that odds are he was going through a manic episode where you know he was just going to throw himself in his work and at that point again it was just like just being hamstrung of just like not being allowed to like you know, I know if I said, Armand, like, that's not healthy, you need to get help, he was going to go ballistic. But at the same time, in the back of my head, I was just like, how has no one else, like, picked this up? Like, why has none of the hospital staff been like, you know, this dude worked for 17 days straight, maybe we should follow up here. It's like, it's one of these things that, it's like, institutionally, like, it's a problem. I I have a hard time, like, really understanding how no one at the school really saw this. And at the same time, like I'll say, Arman was, he was smart. He knew that when it came to his friends, he was never, he would never let that side of him show. When it came to his professional career, he would never let that side of him show. Um, he just snapped right back into just being his normal self. And it was for the people who were closest to him, we were the ones who were just like, um, there's something wrong. Like, how is like no one else? Can no one else see this? So you got to understand. Like, so I, it's like, it's not only can it happen to anyone, but like you literally sometimes you generally you just you can't tell. Mm -hmm. you, like for him, it was like impossible to tell. So 
outside of like our family. So, yeah. Yeah. Just want to add no. that. You know, at the end of the day, you, you said it, man, life, life is, it's a short thing. It's a precious thing and you never can truly know who is dealing with what. So just, and this is for everyone, just, just try to be a light in people's yeah. lives. Armand was, and he was, he was a very, he was a positive influence on so many people. And I'll say this, I didn't know him that well, but there were plenty of days in the summer where he'd come play basketball with us. Yeah. And it was the little things. He'd be yeah. the guy who someone goes down to the ground, he's there, he's helping him up. Yeah. It's those things that people notice. He was a light in people's lives. And that that's a legacy that will always live on of his. He absolutely sounds like a light in people people's eyes. And, you know, one thing you brought up that I think is really important that people underestimate sometimes is I feel like when I, you know, hear these stories, a lot of times people really struggle with once people, uh, once people that are struggling with mental health hit this phase, it's a really, it's a puzzle to try and figure out, you know, how do we solve this? Yeah. But you know, what you brought up with within the institutions is there are certain things we can do that we know through research um, to prevent these issues. So you talked about, you know, working 17 days in a row and no one picking up on that. It's it's things like that, that people just need to be more conscious and more aware of in those situations. Um, you can never assume that you know what's going on in someone else's life. And you know, to act in a way like that, where they become so just thrown in and addicted to a certain personality there, you know, there's a good chance that it might be a coping mechanism for something yeah. like that. And so I really appreciate you bringing that up, because that's one thing I have long believed is that there are things that we can attack from the roots up um, to stop this rather than trying to to battle this issue when it gets placed in front of us, yeah. right? So, yeah, yeah. it's just a, a brilliant point there. I, I'm very glad you yeah. brought that up. Yeah, and uh, I'll add on um, another important thing to do is another preventative measure to take is that is to know, like, your family's history. Um, my brother's, my um, dad's oldest brother has um, schizophrenia. Three of my grandmother's brothers, I believe, also had schizophrenia. Like, at some point, you got to understand, like, these things aren't, it's not just random chance. Like, if there's a family history, then every single and you, you, you just got to be like, you, you can't just put your head in the sand and say, like, it won't happen to our family. Like, you, you got to, you actually need to, like, take that seriously and go, like, regularly, like, make sure that, that your family is, like, staying on top of it. So I'll add that as well. Absolutely. Easton, you got anything? I mean, just to cap this off, I, again, yeah. I really appreciate you coming on and talking about this. And. Like I said before, I'm, I've you know met you less than an hour ago now, and it was it was a great experience for me. And I think, you know, one way to end this off is to really speak highly on both of you. Um, so Nas, just just barely meeting you, great dude, and listening to your story, you know, you were absolutely a supportive person in this situation, and I think that was evident by, you know, the calls you received. And again, just don't don't ever look down on how you handled it because again we don't know you know how people are wired and why they act the way they do sometimes but you know i think you did a phenomenal job in being a good brother there and and it was you know a pleasure for me to meet you and and you know hopefully i'll stay in touch with you through christian and and we can do what we can to help out because it was awesome um and then christian i mean honestly dude it says a lot to you uh that he reached out to you to you know, come on here and, and share this story. And um, I joke a lot with you, but to speak to the guy that you are to be that person for someone is, is outstanding. And it's honestly one of the reasons that I enjoy doing this show with you is because you have always been that guy that someone is more than happy to go to with anything they need to talk about. And I honestly, when I say this, 
I'm not kidding. I don't think there's a person on this planet that has a negative thought about you. Um, I think Nas and I would both agree, you, you know, and so just to speak highly on both of you, by far my favorite episode we've done so far, you know, it, it's just, it's phenomenal to have these conversations. So I appreciate you guys taking me along with, with this experience and, and Nas for sharing your message. And again, we are more than happy to go above and beyond to help out with, with your foundation, to spread the word. Anytime you want to come back on this podcast and talk about, yeah. you know, the mental health issues or the foundation, please let us know. Yeah, absolutely. Thank you so much. Yeah. Um, and I'll close out. Easton, uh, Easton, he, he said it all there, but just words really don't describe how thankful we are that you were able to come on and do this. This was a powerful episode. And hands down, Easton said it, my favorite episode so far just being able to have these conversations because these are conversations that need to be had in society. And it's something that society is continuing to get better at, but these kind of conversations cannot be swept under the rug any longer. And to have you come on and I already said it, the, the strength that you and your family have shown throughout this is commendable. So Nasser, thank you. Thank you. Words, words really, they can't do it justice, but Thank you, man. Yeah. Love you, Christian. Thank you so much, Easton. All right, man. And with that, that brings to a close another episode of You Wouldn't Get It. Guys, and I I will say, yeah, once you get information with the foundation, we'll continue. We'll we'll keep updated with that. We'll post on that. Um, But we hope you guys enjoyed listening, and we will see you next time.